Welcome to the 64th episode of the Young Terps Podcast, powered by Viner Forgates. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your sometimes co-host, Wayne Viner. And on today's episode, we're talking about the Terps, well, I don't even know what to call it, clobbering on the hands of the Iowa Hawkeyes, 23 nothing loss, and of course, we got your non-rev updates and a quick basketball recruiting update. Yeah, there's still a lot going on. That football game didn't go well. But, look, it was a great trip, Mason. We had a a fine time in Iowa City. Great stadium, great crowd. Game didn't go so well. And we've been discussing this football game for what seems like weeks since the game ended. It's only been about a day for us. Yeah, we uh, came back in from Chicago this morning. It felt like one of those games when you're trying to build a program that's winnable in a sense and that it's the kind of that game that you need to win eventually to really validate what you're doing you need to win but one of the first lines of progress has been that you don't go into that game and lose by 55 or 60 so we can check that box but look, the offense just did not show up. You went on the postgame show and said you feel like we had chances to win. I asked you then pretty much nicely, what the heck are you talking about? And so I'll ask you again, this is your show, what the heck were you talking about that we had a chance to win that game? Well, before we get into the actual game, this podcast is, of course, brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown tariff and party rental resource. Allied Party Rentals has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or even setting up a street festival. You know, I've known Donnie at Allied since about 1995, played softball with him. We've worked together. We've uh, worked in their business as consultants. Uh, it's a really great company. Yeah, and you were out at Allied, what was that, last week? Two, Two weeks, weeks ago. ago. But we'll be back out there. We're making it more digital and helping their workforce be able to live in a more digital age. It's, it's fun to do. Allied is, of course, located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland. They serve the entire DMV, and even they set up a street festival every year all the way down in Miami. Yeah, they do some boat shows down there. Uh, Donnie went down when those hurricanes were in South Carolina and helped the first responders by setting up tents and water stations and all that stuff. So not only can they help you, set up a wedding, set up a street festival. They have all the things that you need to make those parties successful, including audio equipment. You can rent a dance floor, tables, chairs, tablecloths, napkins, the whole thing. And of course, you can reach Allied Party Rentals for a no-obligation quote at 301-986-0067 or visit them on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Now let's talk non-revs really quick with the Terrapin Rundown. Started off with men's soccer that had by far what I'm going to say is their most impressive and kind of best overall game that they played the entire year on Friday night when they beat Ohio State 5 to nothing. And I think that was on the heels of beating at that time number 7 Denver 1 nothing. So Maryland's been on a bit of a run there. Yes, they have. They will take on the Penn State Nittany Lions on Tuesday at Ludwig. Field hockey, another ranked win over Northwestern. And then earlier today, they fell for only the second time this year to number 23, Virginia, in Charlottesville. And today being Sunday, yeah, they lose 3-1 to one Charlottesville. Um, 
So they go on to the tournament, the Big Ten tournament. When's the next game for the Maryland field hockey team? I think, I don't even know if they have it scheduled. Let me check really quick. Well, while Mason's checking, it's been another successful season. I know Todd's happy. Uh, field hockey's been one of Maryland's championship sports for years, and that Todd is, is Todd Carton. And uh, I know Mason will come up with this in a moment, but Todd had a good time at volleyball the other night. Uh, the Maryland volleyball squad actually swamped Indiana. I think they took it 3 nothing. Is that right, Mason? Yeah, 3 nothing win against Indiana, and that field hockey game will be played next Sunday, October 28th. A 3 nothing win over Indiana, that's always good. I mean, it just seems like with this team, they also lost this past week to number 17 Purdue 3 to 1. It's either 3 to 1 or 3 to nothing losses or 3 to 1 or 3 0 wins. I mean, well, they're, they're in flux. Steve Aird had it going on a bit at Maryland. He left and went to Indiana. And, you know, look, volleyball hasn't been Maryland's strongest sport. And uh, we'll talk about basketball after we get done talking about football. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Let's talk. About football. All right, so I'm going to pick up where I was chasing you a moment ago. When your team doesn't get 100 yards in offense, so there's 55 seconds left in the game, please explain to me what you meant by that they had their chances. I feel like I'm just going to be hit with this quote all the time now. And I will stand by it just for the purpose of the show. I have looked over the game again and kind of, um, I would say, changed my opinions just a little bit. But, you know, you get in the game and the first drive, Iowa drives down the field, pretty just play after play after play. I believe in my game piece up on Capital Sports blog, it was just five straight run plays, most of them, of course, being successful. And then they go to the pass and Trey Watson just, he, man, just finds the ball. I mean, he's just a great player. It was literally right in front of me. I was standing there. Trey Watson was about two to three yards closer to midfield than I was. And I saw the tight end open. I didn't see Trey Watson. I guess, uh, what's the quarterback's name? Nathan Stanley didn't either. And threw it right to him, made the catch, took off running. He looks good running with the ball. So Maryland sets up shop, and so they go out and they throw the ball first play, and? And it's probably what every Maryland fan kind of dreamed of going into this game. They actually threw the ball one in the middle of the field, and it was a 13-yard completion to Jarvis Davenport. And you're like, sitting up there, I'm saying, that's kind of what we expected to happen. Yeah, I expected the offense to show up. We talked about it in the pregame show on the Sports Maven on 1300 CBS Sports Radio in Baltimore. We've said it on this show. We've written about it. And I'm like, all right, we're actually good. You put us in a big game, and we know how to do this. And that's about the highest point was that interception and that first down play. And from there on out, whoo, okay, nothing. Well- Continuing with what I said, or with me defending my point where they had their spots, and obviously that drive kind of fizzled, it just fizzled out. That was pretty much, you know. Fizzled out. Maryland gets four offensive snaps in the first quarter. Yeah. That's it for the okay. first quarter of football. And we're only losing 3 nothing. You see, and that, that kind of, um, if you want to say it this way, represented Iowa football. And they were saying it in on the radio feed. I heard it in the um, in the bathroom, <laughs> funny enough, that yeah. the guy was saying, 
Iowa has not played Iowa football this whole entire season. But what did they go out and do against Maryland? They ran the ball for 225, ate up the whole clock, and that first quarter was, that was Big Ten football. That's Midwest football. Well, Maryland wasn't ready for it, apparently. Uh, get you see, the- I, I'll differ with that, though. Maryland has played against Wisconsin, Iowa before, let's say, what was it, two years ago when they played against Iowa, three years ago? They played there two years ago, yeah. And they've just been completely steamrolled by teams that do this. And the fact that you were only down 6 nothing, I mean, you, you know, you're handing the ball to the offense, and they're just they're not doing anything. And then it's 6 nothing, and Kasim Hill drops back and throws a pretty good ball towards Dante Demas down the left sideline, and he doesn't catch it. And later in a drive, he throws an interception near the end of the half. And gosh darn it, if Iowa didn't come the whole, what was that, 48 yards or 52 yards, yeah, came down the field. Scores a touchdown. It's 13-0, but you still think you maybe you're in this game. If Maryland's offense can get going, maybe you're still in this game. And that's because the defense is actually, I will say, the defense is actually good. They can they they can play. They can compete. And especially if your offense could ever do anything. And let me go back to the spots and chances. You just named one of them. I mean, you're driving down the field. Okay. Well, we haven't done anything. And it's only six nothing. We score a touchdown. We're in the lead. That's a that's a spot. That's a chance. It's not like you walked out on the field and we all know we've seen it. Maryland's down twenty one nothing like this, and then it's twenty eight, and then it's thirty five, and maybe then you get three, and then you end up losing the game. What sixty two to three, sixty six to three. I mean, so I want to go back to the play that the ball's intercepted, where I heard that Lamont Jordan on the radio said that they rounded off the route. The receiver didn't show up where he was supposed to be. Kasim was under pressure. He threw the ball where he thought the receiver was going to be. The receiver doesn't get there. On the field, I thought the Iowa defensive back undercut the ball was going to miss it. And it was going over his head, and Maryland was going to catch the pass and run in for a touchdown. And you're, oh, my God, Iowa's been just steamrolling us, and Maryland's winning 7-6, but that's not what happened. But that was, to me, the only way you could get in the game that point was a hit a big play or have the defense score. Neither one of those happened. Well, yeah, I will say that, but come on. We cannot be affording to have guys miss run routes. I mean, are you, are we really are we really there? I mean, if you're gonna run the route I almost just you know set up bad word right there if you're gonna run the route run the route don't round off your routes i mean you got a quarterback and what does he do well he throws the ball where the guy's supposed to be that's a that's like a almost like an nfl that's just like a good quarterback trait you know i trust my receiver i'm gonna throw the ball before he gets there and it's gonna be where he needs to be and if he's not there then Then you know we're kind of screwed a lot of these plays, when the quarterback's under pressure, he throws the ball and he's hit, and he doesn't even see where the he doesn't see the rest of the play. He's on his back, so yeah, he throws the ball on anticipation, and I guess he trusted the receiver was going to get there. The guy doesn't get there. So now one of the groups that I like, so that sort of takes us to halftime. We're down thirteen nothing. If we make some halftime adjustments and play a little tougher on offense, maybe we can do something here. And as I went from, I spent the whole first half on the field and then went up to the press box. Mesa was in the press box for most of all, all the actual game, right? Yeah, all the game. It was good. That's, that's a good press box. Food was good. The only thing, the only thing is they have, um, 
kind of like I guess it's a design from the outside where there's a little um I don't know metal piece a right outside ledge. the window right outside the window so you can't I mean you gotta lean forward to see the game which okay minor complaint first first rate atmosphere there I'm hoping that the offensive line which is one of my favorite groups shows up with some gusto and now as you look towards the second half didn't it didn't really happen um. It's disappointing. They they do look like Tarzan out there. When you watch them warm up, they're big. They look physical. They look mean. They just aren't playing that way. Now, I know Iowa has a good defense, and when Maryland plays a team that's not quite at Maryland's level, because Maryland now does have a level that's above other teams, but, but lower than these teams that we want to beat, Maryland runs the ball really well, but you put a good defense on them, that goes away, and that troubles me. I don't want to feel it every time we play a Wisconsin-Iowa we're going to get road graded. Yeah. Uh, I will give you... Yeah, yeah I, I can I can see that. Maryland's now, hardest... Well, okay, go ahead. Well, hold on. So you get to halftime, and you come out, and you really... You can't get anything going. There are just a few times... Let's just... Quickly, the rest of the game, Iowa gets a field goal. You're like, eh, maybe if we score, you know, we're probably not going to win, but at least, you know, there will be points on the board. Maybe... Maybe... We can stop, what was it, I don't know, a few thousand people that just left after they kicked that field goal game was over? Yeah, so I, I actually don't know what the capacity was. A few thousand people left. Most of the crowd stayed to the very, very end of the game. It was 23 nothing for a long time, and they stayed. It was a great fan base. Yeah. But you want to go to one of the hardest hits of the game? Oh, <laughs> I, I put it in my piece right after the game. It was... And I didn't really get outside of this game. It was the most embarrassing play of the game. Then we're talking about Brian Cobb's running pig roam and the football over a little bit. Piggy fumbles in the end zone. Iowa falls on it. Suddenly it's 22 to nothing. The extra point makes it 23, and we were done. All right, so that will take us now to the end of the game. A few things I want to get to. Kasim from the people that the Maryland media and uh, I mean, you have a different opinion. He looked better. I mean, the guys just didn't make the plays for him. If, if you have it, and it's been said of Kasim that he has the it factor, you don't get 47 yards passing, and it just, he didn't get sacked 20 times. You gotta make plays. Part of your job as being the it guy is motivating your guys. You've got to do something in these situations. Is the... Well, okay, okay, yeah, we can we can go over that. And I'm just gonna take the opposing viewpoint of that. Kasim comes out, oh, gets he gets... did he did take the opposing viewpoint. He did nothing. That's the opposing viewpoint of doing something is nothing. So you win okay. on that one. All right, fine. Be that. Be that. Say say that. Okay. Um, he comes out, and you get the play that I already said that every Maryland fan probably wanted to see a 13 yard slant. He got. They got kind of into, you know, we've said over the past few weeks, the first play, it's got to be a pass, it's got to be a completion. So they get that. And then going on further, either in that drive or the next time Maryland touched the ball, Ty drops a pass, Avery Edwards drops a pass, Demas drops a pass, Demas misses his routes and interception. I mean, you're just going through, and really, Maryland doesn't throw the ball that much, and I feel like it's not, at this point, we're starting to see why it's not all Kasim. it's also maybe these young receivers that just aren't they just aren't there 
and you just start to go through and you're like there's that incompletion i understand what you're saying but at the same time like this isn't all on Kasim. 47 yards or i mean the whole team only got 100 what was 115 115 total javon leak had 20 of those in absolute garbage time yep so yeah you want to go on Kasim? well we know where he is I mean, he's not he's not at that that level. Okay, and we will pick up on what that level is here in a moment. You are listening to the Young Terps podcast, powered by Viner Four Gates Consulting in Rockville, and brought to you by Allied Party Rentals. So, other guys who might not have looked as good as we thought. You want to talk about the comparison? Well, well between... let's let's not talk about other guys yet. I'm not done on my rant of the uh, day. Oh, then yet. keep ranting. How how do you get your feature running back? the ball two times in the whole game. I don't care if you got negative two yards both times. I just, and, and you're talk- running, and no, I'm not done. I'm not done. But he's and talking about Ty Johnson. And you're running the jet sweep to to Brian Cobbs, not to Jay Sean Jones, not to, to Brian Cobbs, who has done, I don't really know if he's done much this whole year. And I, I mean, yeah. He made a couple he has, special teams tackles. Yeah, he's got good talent. I mean, you saw it on the film coming out of high school. He's, he's got he was one of the guys that was supposed to have it and really need to have it this year, and it just it hasn't happened yet. But if you're going to run the jet sweep, and it's not working with McFarland, and it's not working with Cobbs, and you're still going to run the play, how about we put the ball in a guy that's made big plays against the Michigans, the Ohio States of the world, and let's see what he's got. I think that's a valid point. I don't understand how we're 100% in love with the jet sweep, but there's something well, about football... You have a great belief to have that many people, 100 guys on a team, and you have a belief in your system, and that belief seems to be unshakable in this case that that's the system we're going to run. If it doesn't work, that's okay. We're going to run it. If it works, everybody's happy. But there is no second idea. There are no particular halftime adjustments. They take out Kasim, they put in Piggy. Does it look any different to you when they make that switch? Eh, I mean... Piggy brings a different kind of game, but at this point, I mean, what are we doing? Pig is just not, he's not the guy for this system. Well, is Kasim the guy for this system? And everybody would say eight games, he's only played eight games, eight and a half yeah, games. Yeah, t- I'm tired of that one. I'm tired of that one. It's only been two weeks since people started using it. I mean, yeah, he's a redshirt freshman going through all of this, generally for the first time. I mean, the guy played two games, came in in a kind of, I guess, as a, kind of as a closer against Texas. Maybe he had to make one or two plays. And he made them. And he made them. And that's that's what made everyone think that he had. or And I still think he has it. I'm just not seeing it on the field, and I'm really just, at this point, not sure why. Is, is any of this on Canada? Is this on the situation with the coaches? I don't want to say it's on the situation with the coaches just because, I mean, it's been... Teams played well with this situation. It's not like we've been limping through the Minnesota game or the Rutgers game or these games where they just come out and literally physically beat the other team up. But this is two games out of... Not at home. That I mean, well, I guess the Temple in this one. Temple in this one, we just didn't have it. Do you think they had it when you saw them warm up? You were on the field for that. Not really, but I also really didn't see Iowa having it. I didn't think Iowa came out necessarily strong either. They kind of limped around the both teams were just kind of limping around and Iowa was just the better team at limping around and 
the day was – I mean, everyone said the wind was going to favor Maryland, but obviously it all comes down to the trenches, and I really hate to say it, but it takes three years for a offensive lineman to develop. Maybe you can get a good one like the Oliver kid at Houston that's there as a freshman. Defensive lineman. Yeah, def- I'm talking about both sides of the ball here. Okay. Johnny Jordan is probably better than the average freshman, but well, it's really because he's a need. sophomore now. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, but where we are is just it's just not at that level. And stars mean one thing, and the tape, the film, and the actual physical nature of someone is most of playing on an offensive or defensive line. I think we need to, some more nasty words we can't use. We need some nasty dudes on that offensive line. And yeah, and hopefully. And I actually think that's the guys that Durkin and company recruited. And they're not – they're just – Bradley and Hunt aren't in the you know, Big Ten physical shape yet, but you, you know they're going to get there. It's that we're in year three of this – and sadly, I just watched a team that's in year three of their thing beat Ohio State by 29 points. And Texas is in year two of their thing, and they're okay. Now, Texas, te- different. That's a different situation. That's a bunch of five-star guys on a field that. Okay, I want to go back to the Purdue game. We watched Purdue Ohio State in Chicago, where we stayed last night. Haskins, when he's made to move, he doesn't have it. Particularly, he has a long throwing motion. That's Dwayne Haskins, the the, the uh, fullest quarterback, who was supposed to be a terp for a little while. A long while, but yeah, uh, drops and this is and we talked about it. And this is why Maryland beat Penn State when Penn State had Christian Hackenberg. And this and I actually believe is part of the reason why Hackenberg couldn't really make it. When you're throwing the ball and you drop the ball, so you're carrying it up, face mask, near eye level, just below eye level, right on your chest, and you drop the ball down to around your waist to throw it, that makes it, one, it gives you a really long but powerful throwing motion, and two, if you get hit while doing that, ball's going to be on the ground. Well, you don't want to throw the ball from your waist. You want to throw the ball from your shoulder level. That's the, the pro look, and the slinging the ball doesn't work when you have to move. It's very hard to do it. You watch Drew Brees. That ball stays up high. He can it's up move. High it's up it's, high. It's all on the wrist when you're on the move. It's just flick and ball goes where you need right, it to go. So, so but just talking about that game, though, and what's the, going on. This is the Purdue game, Purdue-Ohio State. At Purdue. They came out this year. They're supposed to be, honestly, with the way Wisconsin ended up and the way the way that just side of the league shaped up you would think that Purdue would almost be competing for that side when they walked into this year. They came out against Northwestern. They lose that game barely. They come out the next week and shoot themselves in the foot against Eastern Michigan and lose on a field goal. Come out the next week, shoot themselves in the foot again against Missouri, lose. So there you go, 0-3. And now you're 4-3 with a win over the number two team in the country. Did that post game when the fans flooded the field, did, did that look cool or what? Yeah, when they won the game, it actually went to complete party mode. They started strobing the stadium lights. I don't know who came up with this. They had fireworks and they started strobing the stadium lights. So now I'm thinking someone thought they were going to win that game and prepared everything for when they did. And the, or that's all left over from the Northwestern game in the first week of the season. That that could be it too. Uh, 
I don't know, but yeah, it's just it's oh, it's, it's starting just to bother me that we're losing these games. All right, so and we'll, you see we'll, other teams. Win. We'll talk about your perspective in this, or you should talk about it on Wednesday. I don't want to run too long here, but I do want to talk a little bit about basketball because you have seen several courts up close and personal. Uh, you went to we went to Butler. You got to get on yep and Hinkle. You've been on the court at Notre Dame, uh, Maryland, the, the new UMBC building recently. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of Carver Hawkeye Arena? Huh. I have really hated watching games at Iowa. And then we walk in there. There's no there's no no one in the building. It's kind of I said it on our video where we checked it out on and that's gonna is it up on Turp Talk? Yes. Up on TurpTalk.com where we walked around the whole building. It's got that Xfinity, everyone's office is in there, everyone's things in there. But you get out on the floor and it's like, this is not the stadium you see on television. Because it is dark on TV, it's dark, it's sleepy, it's it's not a great place to watch a game. And then you get there and you're like, this is not, it's not that place. It's bright in there, it's really nice concourse. Obviously, the seat is that classic, I don't know, Midwestern look where there is no upper deck. It is like six, 60 rows of seats in all directions. And I sat in the last row in the corner, which would probably be, I don't know, the second worst or the worst seat there. Sure. And it, it's not really a bad place to sit. No, I sat on the uh, ground level, like walk in where you walk in level. And that... Uh, so it's a fine city. It's a nice building. It's much nicer in person. Sort of the reverse of when we went to Kohl Center at Wisconsin and well, said that looks better on TV than it did in real life. Kohl Center has got it's a hockey rink, so it's it's got those you know everyone knows about it at Capital One Arena around here. There are some near terrible basketball seats in that stadium. The thing about the Kohl Center though is it has like that club level, which you really don't get in college ball. Right, and you have it at Maryland. But it just it's interesting to get to go firsthand see all these places that you see on TV. That's the reason, really, we went to Iowa, because we wanted to see what it was like to go to a game there and to, and to actually be and there. What, now, we did what a, a place to go to a game. I mean, just I think what a, what a place stadium. to go to college. That college town, it's a great college town. It is. It is a really good college town, and what a well just well funded operation kind of going on there. It seems like they're. One, they got the atmosphere, middle of nowhere, kind of, everything is there. It's all about Iowa, and their thing is fight for Iowa, and they do a great job of selling that phrase. The other thing is, you got the history of the town, and everything there, while it's, there are old parts of the town, you get to that downtown stretch, and we actually went to the place that they featured during the game called the Hamburg Inn Number 2, and had a pie shake, pie shake, that's, that's good. Five star. That's good. And just everything's new. It's well funded. The building or the architecture is just stunning. It's plain odd, though. I mean, they had some buildings there. One of them that really sticks out is on one side of the river and the other side of the building. And they put part of the building just in the lake. It's just sitting in the lake. Right. There's some. The town's there from like 1850, and then there's modern architecture. And the places that are there for a hundred plus years have been renovated. So yeah. the insides are yep. new and the buildings old. If you haven't been, I know it's hard to get to, and we had to go through Chicago. 
And, and I, drive. And oh, drive. That was a heck of a drive. I mean, one day we'll tell that story, but but not today. So we're talking about basketball, and you have the stats or a little bit of the story on Maryland's newest uh, four-star point guard. Yeah, Marcus Dockery will be joining the Terps in 2020. So now we're getting guys for 2020, a four-star player ranked in the composite 24-7 rankings as the number 150 player, 153rd player in America for that year. Four-star, six-foot, only 165 pounds as of now. I'm sure that will change before he gets to College Park. And Terrapin Times did an interview with his AAU coach for DC Premier. And the number one takeaway that I had is we got ourselves, can you guess, what, what do I always look for that Maryland never has? A true passing point guard? Close. A nasty player. Ooh, yeah. Mark doesn't bring a lot of those in. He brings a lot of nice guys. Uh, I believe the actual phrase is a get-in-your-face point guard. Well, that, I think, is a bit of a change. Uh, so he sort of followed Mello's footsteps. Yeah, uh, O'Connell to, did, did was Mello a DC premier? I believe so. To Maryland, but that's a good connection if you get that one down. Um, just basketball recruiting is in full effect. You know, it's always about, can we get the next guy? I know we're chasing after Isaiah Todd, obviously, is Maryland's number one right. guy that they're chasing after right now. But and, and Jordan said he's number 14 in the country? Yeah, he's number 14 in the country currently. It's on to the next one. You get one, like a Lindo or just someone that you add on, Trace Ramsey, and it's all about who you can get next. And basketball is officially, it's a reload sport. That's all it's about now. It's, you know, we're going to lose maybe Jalen Smith, maybe Bruno. We got to replace those guys. And they got him with the Mitchell Twins, hopefully coming next year. And then they just added on a point guard because who knows, Aiello, they have a good year. And it's been shown by other teams, you can lose up, what, seven guys? Well, yeah, there was a year when the joke was the Maryland team photo, after everybody left, the Charles Mitchell and Faust left, the team photo is is like 12 empty chairs. And we had to completely reload there. So you never... In Maryland, you never know what's going on. So that report, the Board of Regents report, and in Hagerstown on Friday... It's going to be our last topic for the day. Oh, we could do this for three or four yeah, hours in the I mean, car. Uh, Board of Regents report came out, and I know we're a little long here. Nothing happened yet. It's supposed to come out more on Tuesday, so you'll cover that fully either Tuesday evening or Wednesday on the next podcast? Yeah, I think we're looking at Wednesday, and apparently they're planning on, is it meeting or announcing on Tuesday, or is it just going to try and get the whole thing done? Nobody knows what's really going on. I'm not sure the Board of Regents knows, but they're supposed to release some of the findings on Tuesday. Because this, this would be a really odd situation. Maryland normally has their football press conference for the week on a Tuesday. And then that could almost completely be, like, almost obsolete, I guess, if they say, you know, DJ Sarkai, we're going to bring him back. I don't think they're bringing him back this week. Rumors are that because it's become very political... Nothing's really going to happen until after the election, which uh, we've got a couple of weeks before anybody expects actual decisive action to be taken. But every rumor that's out there is that DJ uh, will be cleared on the charges or the accusation of running a toxic program. 
but Lord knows, because it's Maryland, anything can happen and usually does. Yeah, I think that's a wrap. Um, obviously. Boy, one, one last question. Similar topic. Do we beat Illinois? Yeah. Illinois is not, and we'll get into this one on Wednesday, has not had a good past two weeks. What a weird game. I don't know if you saw the pictures. Illinois-Wisconsin starts off bright and sunny. Seven minutes later, the field's covered in snow. Ten minutes after that, snow's gone, and the field is completely green again. So, yeah, just... And Illinois was wearing all white. That's that's always pleasant. When it did you like the Maryland white uniforms? Yes. Yes, I did. I actually... It's a good look. Um, obviously, it didn't yield a good result. And for this, you know, for the past two years, as soon as they lose in a uniform... Actually, no, that's not true for this year. They usually get rid of it. They did bring back the all-red for homecoming just as a tradition thing. So on Wednesday, we'll talk about Maryland-Illinois. Illinois back-to-back, 20-point-plus losses, including a complete wipe that Purdue did to them two weeks ago. And we'll talk about, I don't know, whatever else happens before then because who knows what will happen on Tuesday. You just can't tell. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Viner Four Gates Consulting. You can reach Viner Four Gates at 301-251-2900. Best in e-commerce, websites, Microsoft Consulting. If you're looking for a new notebook, whether it's Apple, Lenovo, best prices in the area, and we love Terp fans, of course, you can look up Viner Four Gates on the web at the numeral one, Viner.com. That's one, V-I-E-N-E-R.com. Or give us a call at 301-251-2900. And of course, Allied Party Rentals, they're your place to go for all your party needs. Everything from a floor to a tent, they got it all. They do all kinds of events, small weddings, luncheons, street festivals, you name it, they got it. The number one place in all party rental needs is Allied Party Rentals, and you can visit their website at alliedpartyrentals.com. What a trip, a great place to go, great stadium. Iowa just they they won the game fair and square Jordan will be back for Wednesday's podcast this is Wayne Viner your sometimes co-host of course you're always host I believe I'm the yeah I guess I am the only member that is always here on the Young Terps podcast and signing off for this week we'll be back of course on Wednesday as we just mentioned like four times to talk a little bit Maryland Illinois along with whatever again whatever else happens As always, thanks for listening.